0: time that you have given to me again Father God to be about your business to share your truth your knowledge and your wisdom for any that would hear and have an ear to hear the words and listen to what's being taught Father God your truth your knowledge and your wisdom Abhiyahu Yama Paraklitos Amman so something came up um last night at our Bible study, air gathering and, and something that I've talked about before. And um, I think it's important that we touch on this thing again, because it is a relevant issue and it is something important. And I and I have shared it before. So obviously it's important because it still goes on and it's still something that we need to think about. and that's our abidance in the presence of God. And there are individuals that are allowing themselves to feel guilty for taking time alone with God or allowing others around them to uh, pursue that on their person as well. They're allowing these, and, and remember, I've shared this with you before, you can only be embarrassed if you allow yourself to be embarrassed. You can only be, um, you can only be made to feel guilty if you allow that to happen. If you allow it to take place, it's going to happen. Um, if you have nothing to feel guilty about, just rebuke it, let it go, and be on your way. You don't have to be verbally confrontational with anyone about it, or you don't have to deny it. Just don't allow it. And with the Holy Spirit, just walk away. You can do that, it's complete. We get so caught up in this thing with the um, uh, validation and valuation from man or mammon that we forget that God has given us permissions far beyond that man would even understand. And sometimes even that members of the body, The church body completely either disregard or they forget. Um, So I'm going to help you best I can. Doesn't mean I'm perfect. Doesn't mean I do everything right. It just means that I know some stuff. And God gives me things to share with you. And the Holy Spirit brings you things. Now, we're going to go to a very important book of the Bible. Prime book of the Bible very important. A lot of people misunderstand this book and they don't want to even read the book. And I've heard this mentioned by people. They don't even want to read the book of Revelation. How can you take the book, the word, the truth, the knowledge, the wisdom of God that he put into this book for us and decide what you're going to read and not read? It is his guidebook, it is his roadmap, and it is his instruction book. If you've heard decide you don't want to read certain portions of an instruction manual, that's very important for you to either do reparation, be able to use an item, a machine or something, and you choose not to read the whole instruction manual, you're liable to be making some mistakes and not able to understand. So you read the whole book. But regardless, there are those that decide that they don't want to, or what they decide is that they go straight to the end of the book of Revelation and they see that, oh, the Holy Spirit, we win everything in the end. But what they fail to realize is taking that out of context, that following the word of God and doing what God tells us to do, his precepts and his tenets and those things that he directs us to do that um, allow us to be, I've used this term with you before, dogmatic, in those tenets, and that means that we are following his doctrine and that we do what he tells us to do and how he tells us to do it, and that we should be steadfast in that. But if you don't read the instruction manual, what are you gonna know? You're only gonna take bits and pieces and you're gonna try to make, you're gonna make very wrongful decisions, but anyway. In the book of Revelation, Jesus comes to John on the island of Patmos in a vision, and he talks to them and he shares with them. And you know, uh, if you read the Bible, you're, you're going to know that John writes letters to the seven churches of antiquity that not only are to guide the churches then, but all of those letters are applicable knowledge to the churches in this day and age, and I've shared this with you before. The relevance of the Word of God was, is, and will be always. And those perverts that decide they want to rewrite everything and change the Word, or uh, for relevance, they they're very lost. got to pray for them. But the importance that I'm getting to here in Revelation two. And four, um, we're going to we're gonna hit that one and we're going to stick on that one. Where am I going here? Flipping pages through my Bible, please. Well, give me a moment. We're going to go because I'm going to read it to you specifically. Oh, there it is. I forgot to pull the marker up. So, in the book of Revelation 2 and verse 4. And, pardon me, before I get specifically into that, I'm gonna go over to these other letters in just a minute. Pardon me, be patient please. At any rate, Jesus comes to John and he has him write these letters and the letters are important. Remember I shared with you, there are only two churches of the seven churches from that day that Jesus didn't tell them that he had an issue with some of the things they were doing because they were they were following the tenets of God and the precepts of God put out there and they were doing the very best they could to follow that. Remember, I shared with you the church of Smyrna and that they were a church in much tribulation and God knew that and and, and Jesus shared that with them and he didn't have a problem with that church because they were doing the very best they could in the middle of everything. But Revelation 2, 4, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. That is not meant just for the church as a whole. And the Holy Spirit brought this to me because of what we were talking about last night and some of these things that, that came up and I believe that there are members of the body that they misunderstand. And this is an individual directive toward each member of the church body. And what am I talking about? I am talking about abiding with God and taking time to be alone with God, spending time to be with God study his word and have the Holy Spirit direct you in guidance to rest in him, to be renewed by him and stop hanging around all sorts of people all the time and stop allowing yourself to be made to feel guilty by either those individuals or because you see all this happening that's going on around and you feel like you have to be a part of it. Well, you don't. Sometimes you let them go on their own and you spend time to renew, replenish and strengthen yourselves in God. And he will do so and he wants to abide. Up- Abide with you, spend time with you. The word abide means that you spend time with, you don't just stop by for a quick cup of tea or quick juice and then you take off. Quick drink of water and then you leave. Abiding means that you stay. You don't just come and you visit. You come and you have an interpersonal relationship with God, you make time to talk with God, have a conversation with God. This is our Abba Yahweh, our heavenly father, maker of all things made. Not only is he our sovereign and our king, he declares himself to be our good father, our loving father, our heavenly father. And we need to spend that time with him. Jesus retreated from the disciples often and he left and went away to pray and be alone and meditate and spend time with God. Many times he would try to follow him or Peter, of course, being his personally self-assigned bodyguard tried to go and Jesus would tell him that I'm fine, I'm just going to pray, I'm going to spend time with my father. And he'd leave. He'd just go. There are often times that we find where Jesus would do that. And there are times when Jesus went off to pray. When Jesus and sometimes he would take the disciples with him as he did to the garden, and he had he took three and they went with him, but then they got tired and they fell asleep and he was off by himself praying. He wasn't with the three in fellowship with them. He he brought them because they were, I think he knew that they had a bit of angst about him going on his own. So he took them. I think that was more, my perception is that that was more for their comfiture than for his and they said they were gonna come and pray with him and all. And he said, yeah, okay. But then they fell asleep and he went off by himself and prayed, talked to God. But Jesus oftentimes spent time alone, away from them. It's not wrong. Don't feel guilty. Don't allow yourself to feel guilty. Don't allow the white noise interference to come in and convince you that you should feel guilty because you're not with all the others that are doing this thing. If you're on a mission trip, you're going to uh, to a certain place and do certain things and don't allow that white noise interference to come back, and go, wow, look at everybody else. Look what they're doing. They're this, and they're that, and this, and that, and this, and that. And so you're spending time replenishing your spiritual strength with God so that you will be better equipped to go out and share spiritual words of truth, knowledge, and wisdom with others. And while you're spending that alone time, that you ask God to bring the Holy Spirit to you and to envelop you in that. Remember what I shared with you before about that that term, half-cocked, when you go out half-cocked, there were... Uh, rifles and, and pistols way back a long time ago. We're, we're not talking about modern day. We're talking about early Civil War and even beyond. And they would, they would half cock the pistol or the rifle and that would not allow you to pull the trigger so that the hammer would come back and, and go forward and, and it would fire accidentally. It was an early form of a safety device. And so when you went out and the rifle was half cocked, you couldn't shoot it. So there was an adage that came along that was uh, developed from that. And it would be, don't go into things half cocked. You don't want to go out half cocked and this would be when you were getting ready to go into action and you had to go do something that you were not ill-prepared, that you were ready for whatever was coming. But if you went half-cocked, you weren't ready for what was happening because you weren't going to be able to do what you had to do because you didn't have all the information, you didn't read the full instruction manual, you didn't fill the guide, or you you just were not prepared. So preparation is not a bad thing and sometimes that requires that the instructor is with you alone and that would be the holy spirit and paul tells us when he's talking about the armor of god and that we are that we are shod with the preparation of the gospel and if you've got a bunch of tumultuous things going on around you and you've got a crowd of people hither and thither and yon and they're all worried about what they got to get together, get together and do that or, oh, I got to go do this. No, I got that under control. You go do this and then you got that going on all around you. It's kind of like Elijah when he was on the face of the mountain. Had all this stuff going on. Therein too is not about the things that are all going on out and about in the world. This is about, this could be about the group that's going out to share the word and yet all these individuals that are in a group they're not quite sure which direction they want to go so it starts getting a little bit of yada da 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 this and that and going all these things that are going on around. Different directions. You're turning this way and that way and you've got all these things going on around you. And then what did God tell Elijah to do, he said, go back in the cave. And he went back to the cave and he listened. He leaned in and he heard the still small voice of God, which is speaking to him alone, quietly, private time, downtime, not on the face of the mountain in the midst of all the stuff that was going on. Brothers and sisters, it is not a wrongful thing to spend alone time with God the book of Revelation 2 and 4, I believe that that is not just for the body of the church. It is for each member of the church. If you have left your downtime and your abidance with God and spending personal time with God and that personal relationship which he desires from all of us, if you have left that, then you have left your first love. and that you might, oh boy. <laughs> the second letter from Peter, I just flipped right over here and Holy Spirit took my eyes right to 1.4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. What does that mean? And how does that apply to alone time, downtime with God? Well, it's very applicable because your desire to do all these other things and go in different directions and be pulled here, there, there. Oh, we got to go do this first. We got to go do this first. We got to go do that first. And the Holy Spirit is guiding all that or you just want it to be done because you're over there as a uh, you're over there as a church group and you are on a uh, mission and you want to present a good example, or are you doing it because that's indeed what the Holy Spirit has guiding you to do, or have you a bunch that have decided for their own selves and decided on their own that that's what they should do because it's going to make a good presentation and a good reputation for the church which is not a bad thing, but the reality of it is that if you're not following the guidance of the Holy Spirit and you're not listening to the word of God, and you're going off on all these different directions. Remember that the Lord has given us a great commission, but he also gave us specific instructions. He told the disciples in both Luke and Acts. And remember what he told the disciples He told them, He said, Abide in Jerusalem. Wait. Wait. Don't take off. Wait for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to guide you. The Holy Spirit's going to just don't go off. You're all excited. And I know you want to go do all this. And you want to get this mission going. But wait for the Holy Spirit. And He told the disciples, Wait on the Holy Spirit's guidance. In the book of Acts, they were told to wait for the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, it's not a bad thing to abide and spend time with God, private time with God. I love the first thing in the morning and my quiet time was of course, incidentally is taking place now, but the time that I spent in the word and and with God, quiet time started about four o'clock. Right now, what time we got up here? We have 540 AM, but it's quiet. Nobody's up yet. It's so relatively dark outside. And this is, I like this time. Actually, I do. I like it because nothing's going on. There's nothing happening out and around and about. The day hasn't even started for most people. And this time is mine and God's. Mine and the Holy Spirit. That's that's it. Just us. And I get to be about my father's business and I get to spend time with him. It's a good place to be. It's not a bad place to be. It's a good place to be. And there is nothing wrong with taking time away from everything else that's going on and having time to abide with God. And Jesus... Hmm. Well, I just... um, I just found this thing here that I'm gonna share with you that I was actually looking for something else and the Lord took me right to this. Wow. So we have in Luke, the 11th chapter. We have Luke 11 and nine. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Jesus is telling us that And sometimes what happens, this is that thing where other church body members or others that consider themselves to be something that they're really not, convince you not to do something. Don't fall into that. You don't have because you don't ask but you need to be talking to the Father, talking to God, speaking to Him, and come to Him. God likes it when we do that. I've shared with you before that God saves our prayers in golden vials. John was showed this, an angel took him, and there was an anteroom in the temple of God. And he took them in there and he showed them their shelves where there's little golden vials, and God will take these. The prayers of that we send to God, he saves them. They're like a sweet incense to God. And he'll loosen that cap a little bit, and he waves it underneath his nostrils, and he just breathes in this sweet incense smell from the prayers that we sent to him. And then he tightens the cap up on that little vial again, and he puts it back on the shelf, and he saves it. God likes it when we come to Him. God likes it when we spend time with Him. God likes it. No, God loves it when we do that. God loves that His children come to spend time with Him and come to visit or come to spend time. That is important. Ah, the spirit just brought me over here. Oh, boy. (laughs) The spirit is really uh, driving around. So now we're going to go over here to something else. We're going to go to uh, Mary and Martha over here when they were talking and all this. And... Right after the parable of the Good Samaritan, you have a section here. And this is um, Luke 10, starting in verse 39. And she had a sister called... Well, actually, we're going to go back up to 38, so it's a little more a little more continuity here. Now, it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha had received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was covered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, Dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. Okay, this is what I was talking about earlier. When you have all these individuals, you're on a mission trip, and you're out there doing all this stuff, and you're you're looking to spend some time alone with God, so you get some private time, and you let him know that you're going to do it, and you took the private time to go and study the Word, be in the Bible, to meditate on God, and get some directions and things so that you were uh, strengthened in this endeavor. And then you got a half a dozen of these people coming up here and bang, 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 bang. Hey, 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 what are you doing? We don't have time for this. Oh yes, you do have time for it. And yes, you should make time for it. Indeed you do. And don't allow them to be like Martha was trying to do and she was trying to put the onus that was hers. She was trying to put it on st- someone else. She was trying to put that off on Mary but then she was trying to get Jesus involved to have him to tell her to do it because he was rabbi he was the teacher. So she was going to try to use his authority to get her to do something that she should be getting her sister to do it and let me tell you you go on these mission trips and there are individuals that will do that thing. Now, you say, well, how can you say that? That's a, that's, those are members of the church. Well, I've been on a few of these things, and there are those that do that. It's not, maybe not an intentional thing, but it happens. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. So that downtime that you want to spend and abide with God shouldn't be taken from you. And when they're running amok because they're not taking their time and seeking the guidance of the Lord, and they're trying to put that over on someone else to get them all running amuck. just rebuke it because it's not what you should be doing. Brothers and sisters, what good does it do to come to get leadership and guidance from the Holy Spirit so there is no confusion and that those that are confused are trying to get you drawn into the confusion so that everyone is confused? Got to understand this, that the devil takes great delight in stirring things up. And even in the midst of something that is well intended, he interferes. And he interferes the best he can. And the best he can is to stir things up with a white noise interference and get you all running amok. And then you have confusion. You have no guidance. you you, You don't understand which way you're supposed to go. And you're leaning into your own understanding instead of this leading in the Holy Spirit and the devil is sitting back with a big smile on his face because you're doing exactly as he wants you to do. Taking alone time, taking down time and taking some, and shoot out those bullet prayers. Remember, you can do it instantaneously. Nehemiah did it right. He was in front of the king, Ataxerxes. He threw out the bullet prayers. When the king asked him a question and he said, I prayed to the Lord, my God. And then I answered the king. Brothers and sisters, it's important that you go to the throne of God. And if it takes time that you need to get separated from the confusion and the turmoil Uh, turmoil might be kind of a harsh word but you're you're on a mission trip you're out there and you got all these things that are going on stirred up and so to take some quiet time away from that to get perspective and guidance and leadership from the holy spirit which is where it should be coming from always and not leaning into your own understanding that's a good thing and you should go there He just brought me to something else. Holy Spirit's really working this morning. In Luke 9, and he said to them all, if any man shall come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Well, if you're out there and you're on a mission trip and you're trying to get all these things done and you're bouncing around and you're not really going any specific direction, you're just out there because you've got all these thought processes going, let them go. Deny all that that you're trying to do on your own. And remember in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, lean not unto your own understanding. And if any of you out there have an ear, hear the words and listen. Hear the words and listen. See the truth. And we have And Jesus tried to get the disciples sometimes when they had all these things going on. You remember that he was walking and teaching and doing all these things. You had the crowd all the time. And Jesus was also, not only did he take time away, but he was instructing the disciples that it was a healthy thing to do. And in Mark 6, 31 and 32. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while for there were many coming and going and they had no leisure so much as to eat. So when you get involved and you got so many things going on, you don't have any downtime, you don't have any rest time, you don't even have time to eat anything. And you think that you have to be operating that way. And you think because you're on a mission trip that, that, that everything about you has got to be set aside. And everything is about them. Well, yeah, we're we're meant to serve and we're not to be served. But the thing of it is it's important and that Jesus is right here telling us, take time for yourselves apart and rest a while. For there were many coming and going and they had no leisure so much as to eat. So they went to a desert place by ship privately. So they went out and they got on Sea of Galilee. They rode up the coast a little bit to a place that was deserted. When When it talks about a desert place, that means there's no city, no village around, that it's a quiet place. So they went to that. And then of course, as we see that the people intruded and my sideboard, sideboard points us to is that Jesus tried to get them downtime to have solitude and time to abide one with another and abide with, with God and pray, rest time to eat. But then it says over here, intrusion upon Christ. And the people saw them departing and many knew him and ran about a foot hither, thither and out of all cities and out went them and came together unto him. So try to get quiet time and downtime, rest time, eat something to renew and replenish. And they saw him getting in the boat and they saw the direction they were going. So then they started to run around. Oh, there he goes, there he goes. Oh, he's going up there, he's going up there. I bet he's going over here. And so then you had this whole throng and they were running up the, and they were looking out to see where the boat was. And they saw when it was heading into shore. So then they were all there and they intercepted it. So really the only quiet time that they had was when they were on the boat. And that quiet time that Jesus tried to get for them to spend time in prayer and take some downtime and rest and recuperate and eat and take in sustenance, was for naught. Brothers and sisters, again, I share with you, it is not a bad thing to do, to take time to rest and be with God. And you have to take that time Isaiah 48, 17. Thus thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way thou shalt go. So he is our teacher. He is our instructor. He is there for us. He is always there for us. And he's making it, Relevant and known right there, very specifically, that he does these things. We also have to know that God promises certain things, and in Isaiah 46 4, and even to your old age, I am he, and even to poor hairs, will I carry you. I have made and I will bear even. I will carry and will deliver you. God is saying, and incidentally, what they're talking about, H-O-A-R, that means when your hair turns white. You've heard the term hoarfrost? Well, that's very white, clean, pure snow, and usually after the, First snowfall, and then you have another snowfall. And when it comes down, because the atmosphere is cleaned, all that stuff that that fell first is underneath and going to be underneath all the rest of the snow, which is very white and very clean. And when you turn old and white, God is going to carry you. And he's taken me to this again in Isaiah 40. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Father. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint waiting upon the Lord, not going off, running amok, going off half-cocked and trying to do all these things without time with God. It's important to take time and spend time with God. It is important to take that time. Hmm. I had one. I apologize. I thought I had a marker in it, and I did not. I apologize. Well, I think this is very important. Ah, here it is, took me right to it. It's in Psalm 46. And this is is important that you read the whole thing, first of all, I'm not gonna read the whole thing for you. It's it's not real long, I have time. This is a, a poem that David wrote. God is our refuge and our strength, very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we, f- therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters there roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Selah. There is a river; the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, and she shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms moved, and they uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, that the, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear and sunder. He burneth the chariots in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Brothers and sisters, I share all this with you because it is important to take time to be, abide, and spend time with God. And it is not a bad thing to do that. Do not allow yourself to be feel guilty. If individuals come to you and try to get you to feel guilty because you took time off a few moments to spend time with God. Well, who is wrong there? They didn't take that time to go and spend with God. And then they wanna try to point their finger. Remember that blame and accusation only comes from one place. And if they're throwing blame and accusation, start with that, with the negativity then what you do is you just pray for them, you rebuke them and you let it go because it's not coming from God. And if they try to claim that it is and that they're just trying to get this mission done and accomplished and how dare you to do this and how dare you to do that, well, that sounds like blame and accusation and that's not from God because God is none of that. And you don't even have to verbally rebuke it, just rebuke it and walk away. Because it does not come from him. Brothers and sisters, it's not a bad thing to spend time with God. It's a great thing to spend with God. And you can feel replenished, renewed, strengthened. And he does that for us. He loves spending time with us. I like spending time with God. It's a good place to be. Be blessed. You're in my prayers. Am I going out? Am I coming in?